It's a bird. It's a plane. It's the Nostalgic Album Podcast with your hosts, Alex and Stovepipe. On this podcast, we listen to albums from our youth in order to feel young again, cool again, relevant again, and to have less back pain possible. Thank you for joining. Now let's get this thing started. Welcome to the Nostalgic Album Podcast. I'm Stovepipe. I'm Alex. Hey guys, after a really long mm-hmm. hiatus, we are back. 17 years it's been. There were, uh, well, let's just be kind. Let's say myriad technical issues that <laughs> right. were uh, befalling us both with yeah. upload and recording stability. Right. right. So Every one of them has been solved just because I actually put money into my laptop. We have this <laughs> wonderful Mac Air, which is already... Smoother. <laughs> Welcome to the 21st century, Justin. Thank you. So what were you up to during the 17 years? I have been slowly mm-hmm. tinkering away down here in the Magnetic Heart Shop, nice. which we sits still behind us, but yeah, it looks is a lot cleaner. in a tad of clean disarray, right. not the uh, nuclear explosion that it was a that, couple of months ago. Right. We're in the process of uh, got some new tool storage and moving a whole bunch of stuff around, trying to make it cleaner and easier for everybody. I forgot to bring my Ibanez for you to do. We're doing two next week, so. You'll be back. I'll be back. So that makes, uh, well, the often there were so many things on there I could play that what do you do with this friggin' thing game. But what do you do with, what are you going to use that new drill press for? That is going to get so much use. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like the first use it's going to get is probably I have a uh, kind of a funky rewire that I'm going to have to plug a hole in pick guard mm-hmm. and drill a new one. Okay. So that's probably going to be the first thing that goes down the drill press. Right. And then after that, it would be stuff like tuning peg holes and... Okay. So it's a very useful resource. It's an incredibly useful resource. It's going to beat the heck out of either trying to route those very carefully yeah. or trying to keep a steady enough hand to do it with a regular power drill. Oh, okay. Which I can do, but... You should have to, though. Why? When I can have something that yeah, nice. That's, that a, was, that's uh, a beaut, isn't it? Yeah, that was a uh, estate sale find from my parents. You're kidding. Well, my mother is a big fan of estate sales, and it benefits everyone. I'm thinking about there'd be a a cool I get all these song ideas and they're always twisted a song or even a story about a woman who murders people so that they can have estate sales and she can get their goods for (laughs) for less. That's not estate sales yeah. serial killer. <laughs> that is, That's not my mother. I know. I was gonna say I'm not. I'm not referring to anything. It did. She did, however, spawn a uh, just spawn a uh, subject on air here. So that's fun. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, what, what guitar is he working on? This, I've got a mandolin over here back to my left. Mm. That's got, it's here for new tuners and a okay. new setup. I've got an acoustic over here that's coming in to get a pickup added. Okay. And this lovely, uh, let's call it Sherbert Orange Duosonic. Mm-hmm. That's the one that's in for a, uh funky rewire it's going from a three-way switch to a blend pot okay and that's gonna be it's gonna be fun and challenging fun and challenging what more do you need not much at me only talked to me if we're already friends and uh but my friend was like the guy the steampunk guy really doesn't make sense and your stovepipe and that could help your branding as a soap maker and a musician so just do it and so i'm just doing that so it's just my head 
as the new logo. I'm it's horrified, a, but it is the right decision. It's a uh, it's a caricaturistic representation. Agreed. Agreed. And I was like, something at least where she's like, well, you want something that where they, if they see you, they're like, is that him? You know, um, but um, as I said, I was like, don't make it look so much like me that I'm just going to be paranoid anytime I walk out. And I, and even saying that sounds a little bit arrogant, but I do want to make money off of this. So just it's a, it's a catch 22. And mm-hmm. uh, what can you do? Yeah, well, I'd put my face on the guitar if I thought it would sell. <laughs> yeah, I know. My face is not going to help. <laughs> I, d- I disagree. I think <laughs> it, would, it would go. It's awful. Isn't it awful? This that There's that feeling of getting attention because you're doing something well. And then there's people who are just looking at your face directly, whether that be a product or in person. Makes me wonder if I have something in my teeth. Right. The answer is probably. It's probably, yes. I'm a, I'm a new father. I have no concept of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know days or whether or not i've brushed my teeth today remember on uh uh you saw so i married an axe murderer Mm -hmm. remember where he says what time we're gonna arrive at the hotel and it turns out stephen wright is the pilot and he says probably 9 p.m just kidding i have no concept of time My favorite Stephen Wright character is still, he was the Mountie in Canadian Bacon. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He was great in that. That is a good, that is a good movie. My worst I kind of forgot nightmare. about it. We were in the Yukon, and there were tall, skinny rabbits who were mm-hmm. drinking heavily. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. That was one of the more memorable parts of that movie. Uh, uh, besides the soap, I'm finishing up an album. Uh, that will be released on October 30th at the Listing Room with the great Emily Peters Mark of Crane Wives fame, who is going to be going doing a lot more solo um, now that they have to play less shows. And, uh, and and I'm working at the Pyramid Scheme Bar and Venue, which we've sung the praises of on here many times, but I'm a bar back security training to be a bartender there now, so it I, feels good to be back. I have to admit, I skipped your show last week to go to the Pyramid Scheme, so... Who was... You, you didn't... A, you didn't miss much on that, that uh, Fulton Street. It was a cover gig, mostly. Yeah. You saw Lokella. I did. Was it good? It was awesome. Was security doing a good job? Oh, yeah. Did they get... It was about half full, so okay. it wasn't... Oh, it wasn't sold out? No. That's surprising for that one. I bet it's because not everybody was vaccinated. Because mm-hmm. they usually sell out that place. They do. So it it had also been a while, yeah. And they brought some newer friends with them. Mm-hmm. So you had a good time, though. I did. Okay, good. We don't get out much anymore. It was weird going alone. Right. Haven't done that in right a few years. Well, but. I'll tell you what. Um, I uh, I can help you see more concerts now too. <laughs> so you need a wingman. I'm your guy. Yes. I, not a surf's coming up if you like them. Uh, there's there's a bunch that are. We'll see how much I get out of the house. Right, it's, right. Uh, I do find I enjoy family time quite a bit. Yes, so. that's good. But you but ride the line between yeah. networking and family. Time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But uh, we should probably tell them how to find us in case they forgot. Because I, mean, I forgot. Oh uh, God. Instagram at. At Nostalgic Album Podcast. Podcast. And then, which is, we're going to do the most of it. Facebook will do a little bit, just like, you know, updates and stuff, whereas the fun will be. Instagram's so much more fun. Facebook is probably just, let's face it, it's just going to be redundancies of our Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. How much are you guys really going to talk about other albums? We've tried that route. Yeah. We're still coming up with most of this on our own. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, there's a deep well to pick from. I think if we pick a group, if we make a group called Nostalgic Albums, we'll get at least people talking about albums, which will which hopefully we'll direct towards us. Which we were trying to do anyway with yeah. posting yeah. ridiculousness. Like, tell us what you want to hear. Right. You don't yeah. care. They don't. No. <laughs> or Instagram, we got pretty, when we were being consistent, we got pretty, pretty good feedback, you know? Yeah, well, keywords and tech fumbling aside, we were we were picking up the yeah we were finding our stride and then right uh, yep found a way to kick the wheels off I mean, from under it a little. It but. is it is all uphill from here on out. It is. You so, can still send us a beer too. Yes, please do. Yeah, we got to find or a way to money for <laughs> yeah, beer. Right. If I remember right, 
we can do Cash App, yep. PayPal, mm-hmm. and Venmo for that. And Venmo, yes. All of which are the Cash App would be Dollar Sign Nostalgic mm-hmm. Podcast. Mm-hmm. The Venmo would be at Nostalgic Podcast, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And the PayPal is definitely Nostalgic Album Podcast at gmail.com. At gmail.com. So, um, please don't email us and tell us what you want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody reads that. Nobody reads that. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to create a link, a link tree and put that on the Instagram. So every week can just say, check out our link tree on Instagram. That's a good idea. We got it. See, we're professionals. So what are we drinking? We are drinking blood orange honey. So good. Sheboygan Brewing Company. Yep. Yep. Lovely little town, Sheboygan, Michigan. Mm -hmm. I've been there in quite a while as it's on the East coast. Right. But. Sheboygan, Michigan, not Wisconsin. I love the I love the look of this. I love the taste. I've had it before. I uh, I miss the old cans a little bit. Really? I mean, yeah, it's just so had, cool. Their old cans were. Uh, they had the nice silk screening on, or the nice screening on them, and everything. Right. And I'm kind of weird about labels. Yeah. Right. Doesn't change what's in it. Still yeah. Delicious. It is delicious. Um. And the other one that we'll be quaffing is, uh, which we also have a pyramid scheme. So th- I promise this won't turn into an advertisement for that, but we do have that. Why one. not? Go it's, to the pyramid scheme. Yeah, please. Get we could use va- the money. Get yeah. your vaccine. Go to the pyramid yeah. scheme. Give them your money. Yeah. Play some pinball. Yeah. Have a drink. Please bring do. your friends. Say hi to me. Say hi to Justin. Yep. And saveourstages.org was the other one, which yes. still need plenty of help, especially with the new say policies. Say hi to Justin, but don't look at him. Don't look at me. Yeah, please <laughs> do not. Maybe not even say it. Don't say hi to me. <laughs> Wave so he can not acknowledge it. <laughs> but, yeah, right. But that's the saga. Took that it's a lemon. It's a beer that actually does taste kind of like lemonade, and that's yeah, why I like it's it. It's the blueberry lemonade shandy. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like it better this summer than I did last. Okay. I don't know if there's they changed the mix a little bit because it yeah. is a. It is something they make year-round, so I don't right. know if this batch just happened to be yeah. a little more balanced. A L- little more balanced. But. Well, I'm excited for for quaffing that, and I am loving this one, and I'm glad. it's uh, And yeah. by the time we're done with announcements and BS, I'm going to be done with mine. So I wish I could bring us. Maybe I could find it somewhere, but we have now three Floyds, which is owned by Metalheads, mm-hmm. and I, I like it very much. April and I have been there. You have? Oh, mm-hmm. no kidding. It was... Sidebar on our way home from Chicago. I don't think you can get cans in Michigan. Not yet. Not yet. Ugh. Well, Horrocks will have. I'll do. Them. Horrocks will have them soon. Don't They'll have worry. them soon, right? Uh-huh. But we can do Dark Horse for for uh, next week. I'll, I'll pick up some Dark Horse mm-hmm. uh, for the Metalhead. Bring back the lovely Metalheads from Dark Horse. Yeah, I do like their beer too. So let's uh, let's do it to it. What did you pick? I picked Five Iron Frenzy, the the penultimate uh, Christian ska turned half Christian, half agnostic uh, uh, ska band, Five Iron Frenzy's Upbeats and Beatdowns from 1997. Nice. What did you pick, Alex? I went a little sadder as, well, yesterday, Tuesday, Mm -hmm. for those of you listening on Friday, the Rolling Stones lost their beat Yeah. Oh, that's right. Charlie Watts. Charlie Watts passed away. So we are doing Sticky Fingers. Right. Keith Richards is still alive. Charlie Watts, who I think took at least better care of himself. You know? Well, he left the before they canceled the tour for 2021 or whatever they did with it. Before they postponed it, he had left the tour to deal with an unspecified health issue. Right. And now he's gone. So and Keith Richards is still alive, which is fine because I like Keith Richards. Yeah, it's just I love amazing. He's just, he's, I, I think he's actually dead, and no I, one's told. Him. Yeah, that's what I, what I wonder <laughs> I too. I really think that's. I know I make that joke yeah. constantly. If yeah. you know me at all, right? But I really think it's true. I think yeah. no one's bothered to tell Keith he died. He and he and Tom Waits are like buddies. They're like yeah. BFFs. Another person who looks not totally alive, although he lives a healthy lifestyle. <laughs> he quit drinking drugs and eats healthy. 
So here it is, folks. The sticky beatdown fingers. Episode. The sticky beatdown fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Comeback episode. Heads or tails, my friend. Oh, let's do <laughs> heads because I want to get ahead. Well, some things don't change. <laughs> I still get to go first. It's still tails. Oh, some things don't change. You're not going to get ahead. Uh, Fuck. Let's just stop now. God, that's funny. <laughs> Maybe I should change quarters. That might help you. No, I, I'm used to... I, I think it's kind of like a funny thing. It's like it makes its own joke for us. Yeah, well, we've had the same quarter since we started this podcast, what? Right. Almost a year almost ago Almost a year now, ago, yep, yep. With, some, uh, with a couple of months washed out there in the yep. tail end. Right, we're, we're rebranding again. Mm-hmm. So did this album live up to the nostalgia, or did the nostalgia match the childhood experience that you had when first hearing this album? I kind of have to say yes, because it's a, a little bit of a, uh, yeah. you know, it's a sentimental pick today. Okay, okay. But in some ways, no, I was a little, I was a little extra critical this time through. You're right, yeah. Especially because it was the all they had on Spotify was like the yeah. either the 2019 remaster, right. which is just the album, right, or the idiotic Spotify one with a hundred demo tracks. Oh yeah, I, I hate those ones. Listen to that one. Yeah, it's like like a Richard having a, Keith Richard having a having a fart on the microphone. We put this up here so you would get more clicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hate those things, but they have a lot of them. They don't pay, but you'll get more. You get more clicks, right? You won't make money. <laughs> So what uh, what did what still remained solid and magical, and what really didn't? What did your hypercritical mind notice that was positive, and what was negative? It's still got. I mean, it opens with Brown Sugar, which is still one of my favorite yeah. Rolling mm-hmm. Stones songs yep. about the lovely Miss Claudia Lanier. Right, that's right. It's about Claudia <laughs> and Lanier. Her and Mick Jagger's very bizarre, whatever it was yeah. they were doing. Um, less I know the better <laughs> less photographs I have to see the happier I am <laughs> it's got can't you hear me knocking which oh, we'll some see. of you will remember from Guitar Hero yeah yeah and I'm gonna say it now the Guitar Hero length of that song is better oh really it, you know the last like two and a half minutes of it is just like bizarre noodling and it right. kind of really takes away from this really obnoxiously punchy riff that's right just and then you just go noodling around for three minutes right yeah. you guys could have stopped it at 350 yeah and it would have been a great song it would have been a great song yeah what did you think about i mean this was a pretty bluesy album i know it is i mean well that's, that's i know that's like, their thing kind of but well, they've been all their, over the place yeah that's their that's their american thing mm-hmm. that like you know, the Beatles were, I, for lack of a better word, like a just a pop quartet. Right, yeah. And right. the Rolling Stones wanted to be Delta blues musicians. Problem one, not black. Not, right. <laughs> Problem two, not from America. That's all they listened to at the time, <laughs> it right? It was. They, like, if you read Keith Richards' book, like, the whole thing that started the band was going over to... I think it was Brian Jones's house mm-hmm. when the when the chess catalog would show right. up and they would order all of these records and just wait. Right. Well, that's an older time. And also Mick Jagger and Keith Richards apparently went to school together, but right. that's neither here nor neither there, here nor as there. It pertains <laughs> to this album uh, which has some of my favorite controversy of all time. What's that? That cover. That's right. That. Which also came where you could zip down the fly. It did. My brother's friend Harold Hatch, who introduced me to a lot of good music, had that version, and I think it's worth some money. It is because that caused quite a stir. Isn't that over I mean, here in America? We've apparently moved with, ahead a little bit. What with that incredibly, seemingly incredibly well endowed man? I think that was a Spinal Tap joke. I, I think so, I'm too. I'm guessing that if... Uh, there's no way. I was going to say, there's a zucchini in there somewhere. Yeah, but... in tinfoil. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you could unzip it, but nothing else happened. It's it... something... There was like... I, I heard a couple things. I heard some where there was the liner notes 
on a piece of paper that you could see, but you, mm-hmm. you know, you'd still have to take it out through the record. I've heard others say that there was like, if you like Rolling Stones, you know how they used to have the postcards. If mm-hmm. you like this band, you'll check out this band. And then you mailed it in 17 years later. Mm-hmm. You got, uh, it came in the mail for you. Yeah. But like other critical things could have done without mm-hmm. sister morphine. It's just not that good. Mm-hmm. When you, when you stack it up against, you know, Wild Horses. Yeah, that song sounded that song sounded just as good as even Bitch, which again was yeah. another one of those things where right. in America for some reason we yeah. went, yeah. "Hey, whoa, yeah. <laughs> you can't call it that." Right. We just recently had segregated water fountains, hey. but hey, no, 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 no. Hey, <laughs> no. Really? Have you listened to blues music? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Do you really? Mm. So it's. One, it was one of those things where I was a little extra critical. Right. But at its core, it's still a great record. It gets, there's a reason it gets talked about, and it's not just the cover. Is there any song in here that you thought was just a complete turd? <laughs> oh, Sway is real dicey. I think mm-hmm. if I had to cut two tracks. Sister Morphine and Sway would go. Mm-hmm. Sway's got a decent chorus, but it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't stack with all the other ones. Right. So I'm going to be talking a lot when it's my term about Dead Flowers, but Mick Jagger and Keith Richards did write it. Towns Van Zant did cover it. Ah. So. Okay. Good and to both know. are great. Um. Have you seen Rolling Stones in concert? Probably not. I mean, that's a pretty tough one no, to see. No, that's a, that's that's, a tough ticket that, to sell. That's a tough ticket to sell. You see bands as big as them. Mm-hmm. That said, I would go. Yeah. In, a, uh, in less than a heartbeat, even though we don't know. Are they going to keep going with yeah. a random drummer, or right. is this it? Like right. The the only other guy who's not Mick Jagger or Keith Richards who's alive and yeah. has been in the band the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Has never left. Has never left. Right. I'm little dis I'm still disappointed about having missed ZZ Top since that was oh, I know. affordable. Right. But they were given And it's ZZ Top. <laughs> yeah. But they were given orders and they will be carrying on. Right. And right. From and all, I think from I think what I've be, seen it'll be fine. I think so too. <laughs> and the thing is, that's the thing about their outfits is that you couldn't even really tell them apart that well until later in life mm-hmm. when one got a little, one stayed a little thicker than the other. Yep. You know, Billy but, Gibbons is looking a little stringy these yeah, days. But. Yeah. We we definitely need to do a ZZ Top one because I have an enormous connection to that with childhood. That's my my uncle Rick and Aunt Terry who are always like my cool. Uh, relatives I almost picked after Burner, loved it, and then oh, I love that one. And then I Charlie, loved... and then uh, yeah, Charlie Watts passed, and passed. I had to pick something else. <laughs> right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna have two more questions for you then. All right. Um, since we're doing such a good tight recording of this, we're trying. Anyway. Yeah. What um what is one song that you would recommend that is not in the popular conscious um, that you would like to give a more um deep understanding of Rolling Stones. And I say that in part because when you picked this, I wasn't as excited because I've heard these guys a million times mm-hmm. that I forget well, they have whole albums with songs that I haven't heard. Yeah. They are at this point, like most bands that have been around for mm-hmm. 60 years, which is fewer than 20 at this point. Yep. Um, you know, they are subconscious. Yeah, they you, are. You know them and you've, you may have never touched Mm -hmm. a Rolling Stones record. You know, like Gene Simmons might think he's created the most ubiquitous band brand ever. He didn't. He didn't. That tongue has been around (laughs) and will continue to be around. Right. You don't see no kiss urinals, Gene. No, that's right. I've seen a Rolling Stones urinal. So there you go. Yep. The the piss guard. I've seen the piss guards before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... That said, you gotta move off of this one is mm-hmm. one of those real deep ones that you yep. really should pay attention to because that's like yeah because this is another one of those albums where they really went like 
full after that American blues. Right. Like Mick's playing harmonica. It's before right. they figured out, you know, synthesizers right. and right. all this other. It's got great, uh, great uh, lap steel mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just a. Uh, Tom Jones and one of my favorite one-man bands, Seasick Steve, who had close ties with Kurt Cobain and also produced Modest Mouse early albums. Have you heard him? I love Seasick Steve. They got rules. He and Tom Jones do an incredible cover. Not a pairing I would predict, but they are great together, and they do a great cover on that song. Look it up on YouTube. You know know the thing about Seasick Steve. He started out with nothing, and he still got most of it left. left. Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's such a good song. There's there's no albums we could pick for that, but... uh, Kids listening to this, please look up C6 Steve. And in uh, relation to this podcast, look up You Got to Move, as Alex recommended, and they got a great version of that. They do. Tom Jones and C6 Steve. Have you seen it? I'm going to look it up tomorrow okay, if I yeah, remember. It, it's damn good. Yeah, I'll, I'll remind you. So, elevator speech. Ah, uh, yes. To the, the squirrely, <laughs> poor... Uh, traumatized child that we yell at every week. <laughs> yell at, slap. <laughs> slap. Hand him CDs and say hand here him, and then walk hand out. Hand him albums because we don't even want them anymore. Yeah. Looking at you. <laughs> uh, oh, crap. It's so bad I don't even want to bring it up again. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> This one, the elevator speech is really hard because once yeah. again, it's kind of a subconscious... Yeah, like it has its own Don't, mythos. It it does. I agree. And so you have to kind of figure out a way to like either distill it or right. dispel that, right? And make it feel like it's going to be new, right? Articulated to a waifish child who's <laughs> a already scared child of you, who's afraid that he's going to get busted <laughs> over the head with a record <laughs> by Glenn Danzig. By Glenn Danzig. Yeah. Because so, it was a bootleg and not even a Danzig what, album. Well, we definitely have to have Cassidy do a logo, and we have to have the Waifus Child, and we have to have Glenn Danzig, and maybe us, sort of. Yeah. You know, like your goatee and my glasses. Or we can be stupid. standing in the elevator. Right, in the elevator. Nondescriptly. So, so to the- well, this poor kid gets assaulted by Glenn Danzig. <laughs> <laughs> so the elevator speech would be, this is the Rolling Stones... Before they were the 1980 and beyond right. pop culture rolling stones. Right, this Steel is, Wheels and Start Me Up. and This is the quintessential, yeah. like, original Rolling right. Stones sound. Right, yes. It's the. Do you prefer this one? In some ways, yeah. Yeah. they did... When they came out with A Bigger Bang, which was almost 20 years old at this point, mm-hmm. I loved that record because it was kind of like all of the Rolling Stones all at once. Right. If you were only a fan of Start Me Up, right. it had something that sounded like that. All right. If you only listen to Sticky Fingers, it sounds like that. Right, yeah. And that is how you cater to everyone. To, to everyone, I agree. Um. Well, there we go, kids. Uh, I, I, I think that was, you know, it sounds like you would have you've given that about a B plus. You think? Yeah, A minus, B plus. A minus, B plus. I mean, right. a couple stinkers. Now, al- an album with a couple stinkers can be a great album. Mm-hmm. The front. There's a reason that the internet keeps talking about what's an album you listen to front to back. Yeah. It's because they're rare. <laughs> they they don't come every day. Right. Because that's not what radio is training artists to right. do. You know, and that being said, I've already picked my album for next week. Guess what it is? Albums that I can listen to from beginning to end. I bring this up all the time to you. 90s band. We've already done one of their albums. You picked it. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the um, hand gesture. <laughs> You're going to do the other third eye blind? The the no, I'll do the debut. Yeah, the other one. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> the other one people care about. Yeah, exactly. Is. Yeah, I'm doing that. Nobody one. cares about or some major and well, I'm well, I'm, they've done since. Well, you do, but. right? When I, when I'm rattling on about Rolling Stones, you don't really need to listen. What you can do is think about an album that from beginning to end you recall enjoying. Mm. 
or you know you enjoy. At this point, we we've already, we already listened we've to already it. done one of them. I right. think I believe right. we did uh, Dream Theaters. Oh yeah, yeah, that's Metropolis. good. I like that one. We did Metropolis Part Two, mm-hmm. and that is one you a have to. Because you do, it's yeah, a right. story, right? But also. I love that album, and I'll never right. skip a song, right. even if I have the opportunity. Right. Anywho, right. Dream Theater aside, did this album live up to the magic for you? Since we picked these a little late in the game, right? Well, I mean, I had really heard it you too had much. Five iron I, re- packed up I remember, I remember, um, my brother's friend Harold Hatch had an incredible, mm-hmm. incredible record and CD collection. He got a CD player before any of us had one, and he had like. Uh, Rolling Stones and Laurie Anderson and David Byrne and They Might Be Giants. He had like everything, you know, every Beatles album, every like uh, just good, good music. And I remember like me, my brother and my dad, who was friends with Harold Hatch's parents, would go over there and just listen to his music. And it was a good time. And he had an indoor pool, which was pretty rare in our hick town. It's pretty rare anywhere. Anywhere, yeah. But uh, we, we would play music and swim around and it was a good time. But uh, so this was one of the albums he had, and that was the one with the zipper on it. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I think he taped it for me because he didn't want to let the album go. And I liked basically Brown Sugar and didn't pay attention to the rest because I was stupid. (laughs) This time around, A, it brought back good memories of Harold Hatch. And so, Harold, if you're listening and still alive, uh, thank you. Uh, but um, there were there were some stinkers. I agree, Sister Morphine. I liked it until I realized it wasn't going a, a damn. It doesn't. Uh, go yeah, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't there's going anywhere. No. There's a beginning, but there's not really a middle or mm-hmm. an end. It just kind of right exists, and maybe that was the point, right? Because it's about morphine abuse. Yeah, but yeah. As in, as a song, it doesn't work. Right. No, I agree. And 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 the and the even the title, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Then I'm like, ah, that's pretty. You know, we'll take sister, we'll take morphine, and put them together. Oh. I was like, wow, it's amazing. How Stones. Very Bill Cosby. Right. Yeah. Although I did hear that Stones manager Andrew Oldham did used to have to lock. I did read that he used to have to lock Mick and Keith in the kitchen. To get him to stop fighting and write something, <laughs> and that's maybe awesome. that's one of those. Songs. Maybe one of those songs, yeah, and that's fine. Um, so, I mean, the majority of what I have to say is the song "Dead Flowers" because that's one of my favorite songs on earth, and I honestly couldn't remember if Towns Van Zant, um, who plays it on, as can be heard on um, Big Lebowski, in the credits. Movie uh, I can't stand, but it has a. Oh, that's right, you don't like that movie, I do you? Can't stand it. That's, but it has such a good soundtrack. It does, um, but I, I just absolutely love Dead Flowers. I think it's one of the best written songs, and I thought Towns Van Zant must have wrote it because it's that good lyrically. Mm-hmm. But Mick and you can't. A lot of people kind of ignore the talent of Mick Jagger and Keith Richards right. as a like as a writing dude as lyricists and. You really yeah. shouldn't. You shouldn't. I mean, that was what impressed me the most about the album. A, the, like just the lap steel. That would have been. Was that Keith playing? You think probably it might have been Brian Jones. Might have been Brian Jones. Okay, um, I liked that a ton. I liked the bluesy feel of it, uh, but uh, Dead Flowers is such a good album that I can. If if there's a song that I like that much. Uh, then that basically colors the rest of my mm-hmm. listening experience in a positive way. There are albums that are probably shit that I like because there's one great song on it. I, and uh, I have a few of those myself. Right. Or where I know the rest of the album right. is trash, and I don't care because right. it's got this one on it. Yeah, because it's got this on here. Uh, bitch, I didn't love. It had nothing to do with the title. It just didn't totally kick me in the wheelhouse. Brown Sugar, I've heard so many times where it was just like, oh, yeah, I like the song. It just kind of, yeah. well, that's like, that's the problem with things right. that are culture at right. this point. Right, yeah. They just kind of, even if you love it, they fly right through they, they, you. They fly right through you. Yes. I loved Wild Horses. That is such a good song. Uh, it's I hadn't heard that in a while. I've heard a lot of people cover it, and mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people cover it well and poorly. So it was good to just hear the damn song. Uh, so that was cool. Absolutely. Altogether, I thought it was. I was very. I wasn't pleasantly surprised. 
I was it was very nice to listen to, especially after I was like, oh well, Rolling Stones, I'll just you know give it a couple listens. Yeah. But I listened to it it's, through most of my endeavors today on the road. It's hard to be, and that's kind of why sometimes I try to, much as I would love to just keep picking yeah. classic after classic after classic. Right. You have to kind of consciously avoid sometimes the things right. that are culture, right? Because we don't get good discussion out of them, right? No, we already know. Yeah. what it is what it's it already, is it's already magical that's why it's right culture right which is why even though we will do dark side of the moon right um it's gonna be a short discussion it's gonna be a short discussion <laughs> then there's those albums like for me was green day's dookie where it was so good that it could be applied to our present situation and then take on new meaning and as a result sound almost better than when i first heard it which is pretty Big claim because that was one of the greatest sounds I heard in my life when I first basket case. Or, it was the first time I heard that kind of punk music. Yeah, and that was basket like, case was such a particularly yeah. in nineteen ninety whatever right. two three. Yeah. Whenever they finally put that out. Yeah. I think it was the first song I heard with that like just like rolling chromatic bass right. intro. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now it's and then suddenly it was everywhere. It was, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. But this it's isn't so about good. Green Day. But it, but at the same time, that I for me, and I'm sure you have your own albums. That's the one that with the unanswerable question of has it aged well? Does it match the the magic of my youth? Uh, is it relevant to waifish children in elevators? <laughs> is that that poor kid? I know, he just makes me laugh. Even just doesn't know what's coming every week. Please, Mister, stop it. <laughs> Why is he hitting me with the record again? <laughs> Who are the Rolling Rocks? Stones, Wouldn't you dick. Wouldn't he just take my lunch money and go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, We're here the, for your lunch money. We're here for your education. education. No, yeah, 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 you, you little prick. No, I, th- I think that there's some, some albums just speak to such a wide audience and wide circumstance. And as far as this one, I didn't listen to it without those ears. Um... But I will say that I I can I can see people who like uh, younger people I think sh- would enjoy this as a you know a lesson in blues and and just as a really uh, enormously enormously influential band I find it hard that anybody could dislike this album is what I'm trying to say even if it didn't like blow open the doors like Dookie in my listen uh, or and even if it didn't totally win over kids to becoming a huge Rolling Stones fan. It's hard for me to think like you know I'm listening to this and I hate it. It just does that. It's doesn't compute. Why why do you like this? This is terrible. This is, yeah yeah. So kid turns tables and smashes us with the record. <laughs> <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> Someday we'll find it. This is not that time. No, no. But yeah, I enjoyed it very much. Okay, so we covered a lot in that one. It was a kind of a strange strange tangent, but right. Well, uh, and, and I, I still get my, my elevator speech to, to him mm. would be, no, you know, that's what it would be. Like, kid, I can't imagine you won't like this, so try to give it an open mind. Mm-hmm. And this is such an enormously popular band that I think you need to do as I say. <laughs> <laughs> this is a gift. Yeah. You should have owned this since before you were born. Right. And you little turd. <laughs> now, this is my floor. I spare you a smash over the head. Right. Have a nice day. Have, have a nice day. <laughs> that said, we can switch gears. Right. We can get out our trumpets yep. and our checkered vans. Yeah. And all your other ska tropes. Yep. That would be that and would be all of them for sure. We can talk about some uh, upbeats and beatdowns. Beat, beatdowns and upbeats. Um, so, did this album live up to the magic? Oh, good, good lord, yes! And um, I hadn't listened to it in probably five years, and I listen to Five Iron Frenzy all the time because I think that they've gotten better as a band in so mm-hmm. many different ways, as humans, as musicians, uh, even like the way that I hear. Because Reese Roper has a podcast. Do you remember the ska band Insiders? No. It was a ska band with a lead singer, and they both do a podcast where they drink beer and curse at each other and, and talk about old CCM things. It's obvious that they've evolved in healthy adult directions 
which is drinking beer and swearing. <laughs> but um, but Insiders was legit. I mean, they toured with, they had close ties with like Less Than Jake and Johnny Sacco and all these, you know, very well-known um, groups. And, uh, but Five Iron is one of my favorite bands of all time because A, it challenged how I look at the world because even when they were predictably and totally Christian as a band, they wrote about important stuff. Like they they were one of the first and probably only uh, late '90s, early CCM band, early 2000s CCM bands who song, had a song against homophobia, for instance. Uh, it was unheard of to have that in those circles. They had songs against like consumerism. They had songs against Manifest Destiny, which is the first song on this album. So as a kid, I was like, "Whoa, whoa wait, wait, what is what? But that, you know." How dare you write songs about things that are actually Christian? <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> actual Christian, right? Actual Bible teachings. How dare you? How dare you? Exactly. And I would say that any any relig- any proclivities towards spirituality that I still have from my past, the positive ones that stayed around come from this band. So this band's very important. Um, I would say recording of it is very bad. Uh, the someone I don't think mastered this album. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Uh, I have some I have some thoughts on okay. that when it's my turn. Okay, so. good. Because that was... I mean, the song sounded great, I thought. I thought... Uh, well, I'll let you lead with your questions. But yes, it most certainly did. Although, a lot of people like the first album of the band they love best. With this one, I think their latter ones are so much better. Uh, though I did enjoy this one a tremendous the, amount. The love of a debut album is often misplaced. Yes. I, you know, I'll just... I'll just throw that out there. Yeah. Knowing, you know, exhibit A for me. Right. Metallica's Kill Em All. Oh, right. It was absolutely not mastered. It wasn't, huh? It probably was, but it sure still sounds like somebody's bedroom (laughs) four track. Bedroom four track, yeah. And that can be kind of cool. And then, God forbid, they should remaster it and make it not sound like that. And then that Mm -hmm. was horrible because... People are weird about things right. that are youthful. And right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. it sounds better, but why did you do well, that? Why did you do that? <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. But uh, yeah, give, give me a couple. Where in the kind of CCM aside, where in the, I guess, where in the like 90s ska hierarchy would they fall? Because I'm not actually like a ska You're not aficionado. a ska aficionado. Well, um, that movie that I accidentally purchased with your mom's credit card uh, <laughs> when I was dog and house sitting. At least she'll let you forget it because you won't. Because oh, I, I won't. Oh, I know. That covered, because they showed up, as did like the OC Supertones and Ran- the guy from, Tim Armstrong from Rancid was the narrator. Oh, the OC Supertones. Oh, right. He actually... I- their music was a little preachy, but a, I he, saw them with the Newsboys oh God. in 1999. <laughs> they were probably both good <laughs> musicians, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, there's I will all even though OC Supertones were super preachy, and I think they stayed with ska too long. Whereas Five Iron evolved a little bit more into like they went from ska to more punk to now more just like punk ska rock that they are now. But the lead singer of OC's Tupertones is close friends with Tim Armstrong of Rancid, mm. uh, who also helped him. Uh, Tim Armstrong helped him rebuild his house through a fundraiser after it burnt to the ground. Mm. So all music preference aside, he's friends with Tim Armstrong, and Tim Armstrong helped him rebuild a house. So they're cool in my book. Mm. But to answer your question, uh, is that in the the late '90s, ska. Uh, became very popular because of the movie Clueless through the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, and then might even more popular because of the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones song. Don't know. Uh, shit, now I forgot which one it was. It was so, so popular. I thought you were moving. What was that song in the 90s that was so popular? I'm going to look it up Never had to knock on wood, but I know someone who had. I'm going to look it up right now while I say that I thought you were going to segue to No Doubt. No Doubt was one, too, they talk about. Um, but really what it was is that a lot of people grew tired of like some of the, you know, like silver chair or bands where it was always really kind of downer lyrics. Um, not, I love that. Oh, I love that stuff. I do too. Mostly because once again, written by 14 year old kids. Right. Right. I'm not digging on silver chair. I'm talking about like people wanted something They the documentary argues 
that people had a taste for something that was upbeat and positive. And also ska as a genre, even in the very beginning, like in the early 80s, was very inclusive. And that inclusivity continued into the late 90s. And that included a lot of openly gay uh, and transgender lead singers. Um, and a lot, uh, and they did a lot of advocacy for advocacy for that. Um, most ska bands had, you know, uh, white people, black people in it, men, women. You know, the great ska band, say Ferris, who's one of my favorite ones, had a female lead singer uh, who was renowned for being an incredible front woman on par with Glenn, Gwen Stefani. Because mm-hmm. Gwen Stefani was looked at as like the exception to the rule, kind of like there's this woman and she's entertaining on stage. <laughs> she's wow. a girl and she's fun. <laughs> yeah, she's fun. Where and when she came around, she just ruled. So it was a very inclusive thing, and as a result of that, and they and again they argue in this in the in the ill purchased documentary, mm-hmm. is that um, a that's very cool that that happened, but b a lot of high quality uh, ska bands who also happen to be Christian in their personal lives were more welcomed into that setting, and however, a lot of them weren't welcomed in the Christian setting because they didn't sing specifically about Jesus all the time. Wow. So Five Iron is in one of those bands. I, I, you could make a Venn diagram of that, really. You know, of like CCM music, secular, uh, don't totally, totally fit into it, ska, and they do fit into that. Mm-hmm. So that's what it is, and that's and uh, and I think that's a really honorable and cool uh, thing to have learned from that. That answers your question, right? It does. The uh, the Boston song we're talking about, I think, is the impression that I get. The impression that, yeah, that's the never had to knock on wood. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Never. Impression See, that I, I never right. actually knew the title of right. that song. I had to go to Wikipedia. The, the impression that, that I get, you're right. All right. Um, so, yeah, get, give me give me a couple more, and then we'll that was, uh, we'll turn the tables uh, on you. I covered quite a, well, a bit. That was a well-played, well-thought-out, well-spoken answered many questions we need to have more of those don't we for this podcast we do because sometimes we run out of questions right like especially when we're just getting back on the horse here right but uh okay we should probably delve a little bit more into the progression of five iron because i know nothing about that so the the main progression is they always wrote about things that you could not sing about in ccm i went to a concert and, and i was not a woke individual at the time but I remember Reese Roper sang a song called Mr. Fahrenheit, which is about Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, when he found out he was gay, he threw away all his albums. Later in life, when he matured as a person, he felt bad and he wrote an apology song slash, I started out as an idiot. Now I'm trying to learn and be a good person. Uh, Mr. Mercury, I'm very sorry. And I saw them play at a festival in 2000, no, in 2000. Mm. And... Um, it was enormously packed. It was, fun, and they put on a fun show, and it's a good time. Well, Reese Roper says this is very important. Please listen. He goes, I want you to know that if you're in the audience right now, and you're gay, you're a lesbian, you're transgender, know that we love you, and I hope you can forgive an old uh, homophobe like me. And the place went silent, but not necessarily in the good way. Like, what did he say? <laughs> you know. And I was one of those idiots, unfortunately, who said, "What? No." And then they sang this very affirming song. Mm-hmm. So they already pushed the envelope enormously, which is incredibly punk, you know. Uh, but as they've gotten older, they've di- I mean, with any group of friends, you know, if, if everybody's the same person, then there's probably an issue. With them, everyone's gone their own directions. Like Reese mm-hmm. Roper's uh, still a, a, a uh, you know, they're all, I think, quite liberal, but he's a very, he's a Christian man. Jeff the Girl, who's the saxophonist, is a mm-hmm. preacher. Um, the drummer is a Richard Dawkins uh, supporting atheist. Um, the trombonist is also an atheist. Um, and then, so there's a lot of diversity, yet they still get along fine. And I would say their music has changed in that um, it seemed like their early albums, Reese would drop a few bones to the CCM world by mm-hmm. just saying, like, and Jesus is cool. That really doesn't happen anymore. Like, there's very Christian y themes, like the social justice part of the gospels are still pretty heavy um like their new album is their most political one but i think it's also their most and i use this slightly biblical and the like old social justice sense of the world of releasing prisoners new testamentary exactly it's it's like that and i think it's their best album but i mean it's skate i mean they they just criticize everything that possibly happened but there's their albums are always begin and end they start like pretty scathing and end on a very hopeful note. And of course that continues, 
But um, yeah, I would just say they're I, I would say they're a very interesting band who who always push the envelope and have evolved as humans. Uh, and so that's what I'd say their progression has been. That's a that's a good one to have. That's a good answer, and that will lead us to the poor timid poor child t- in the <laughs> elevator. Please Maybe. let me out of here. We should name the poor the 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 poor the, sucker. The poor sucker. Let's think about that. Uh, what we're going to name the poor kid in the elevator who we've just be, tortured. They can be like the weird mascot, like the Iron Maiden head <laughs> or something, but not scary and nerdy looking no, and just just troubled. <laughs> I love that the idea. Poor, actually, the poor, it can be Milo from the Descendants. Yeah, right. But nerdier. But nerdier, right? With no confidence. Exactly. Um, uh, what would I say to a kid? I would say, kid, uh, <laughs> I'd be like, I know you probably don't give a fart about ska. Um, I don't know your re- religious proclivities, and uh, this. The lead singer's voice is not for everyone. Uh, but I would say do this. Look up a couple articles, a couple interviews, or Wikipedia on the band. And I think you'll find them to be specifically interesting. And then listen to this album. And actually, I won't tell him what to think this time. I'll say, tell me what you think. We should probably do that anyway, because mm. we, we've been horrible listeners with this poor chap. But like, yeah. I would like to know what he thought of it. I'd like to know if he said, this sounds awful. It makes no sense to me. I hate Ska. And I am a Buddhist. So why would I listen to a Christian record? Uh, or he could say, wow, after researching this band and finding out about just how challenging they were to their specific um, circum- their specific surroundings, while also they did receive some mainstream popularity they toured with some enormous bands but anyway and and but but the kid would say like um uh and they were also interesting in that they jumped on the sky wagon and had some success that has continued to this day so it'd be interesting to see if it just doesn't resonate or it does resonate a little knowing their history yeah it wasn't too bad no it might be good of us to try and stop browbeating the poor child and actually maybe (laughs) listen to him i know but it makes me laugh but it's more fun to just like throw things at them. That's kind of why we're here. I know. So yeah, I, I enjoyed this album, and uh, I, I uh, am curious to know what you thought about it. So, did you enjoy this album with any immediacy <laughs> whatsoever? <laughs> In the same way that I enjoy, you know, a fresh stick of gum. Yeah. The first three cuts of a lo- of a freshly mowed lawn. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, fleeting, but still <laughs> wonderful. The first the first sip of a truly cold beer. Right. Yes. <laughs> I'm wondering if your metaphor stretches. Until that beer, you know, 10 minutes later, because it's a high life, ends up tasting like deer urine. Uh, mm-hmm. So you liked the album? I did. Oh, I mean, okay. In you sky, you're like fair weather with yeah. In its in its own superficial, like in my own (laughs) kind of superficiality of listening to it while feeding a baby and loading a dishwasher. (laughs) Did you pay attention to the lyrics? Somewhat. Could you hear the lyrics? Because it's barely. That was critique number one of when we were talking about yes. Was this album even mastered? I don't at think so. All? I don't think the so. The answer is probably not because listen to how loud that trumpet is. I know. Just oh, awful. listen. Awful, yeah. Like, yeah, we get it. You're a ska band. Earthman and Fire has lower oh, trumpets. It was it was so bad. And I mean, the, and the guitar sounded like it didn't have like a single pedal on it, but not in a good way. They uh, did. It was the it was the uh, dirt channel of a mm-hmm. old crate combo. Which... <laughs> a, a gorilla mini yeah. yeah it it um uh his voice what did you think of that pretty i mean it's hard to it's hard to pick out it is because the uh, trumpet it's the, funny because the opening the things are just loud trumpet <laughs> it's literally just i mean it's kind of sad because like yeah trumpets are fun and they have their place right but when you are literally obliterating everything else right, with yeah. trumpet. Oh, just awful. It's not and, good. And in the podcast, it's called Pickle and Boot Shop, and they talk about 
uh, just how they really had no clue what they were doing while they made the album. <laughs> and so I find that charming. And I would say the second album, our newest album ever, was was well-recorded uh, and well-balanced. Um, I st- but, I mean, like, yeah. Did you, do you, is there a song that stuck out to you? I know you have a kid, but is there a song that stuck out? You're like, all right, yeah, I can get behind this. This is good. Hmm. I kind of like I went a little by titles and less by like because there wasn't anything that like right. made me grab my phone off the kitchen table and right. go, what song what's this called? Okay. Because I wasn't like right. kind of like full critical ear on it. Right. But like Arnold and Willis and Mr. Oh, Drummond. So good. Yeah. <laughs> It's got a great guitar part in it. I mm-hmm. mean, it's again, it sounds terrible in the recording, but you could. I think you can tell that they're good musicians on this. They just needed to actually hire a producer, which I know they didn't do. They produced it themselves, I believe. Really bad choice on their part. On your amplifier, right? Yeah, your <laughs> and think it counts as an yeah. isolation cabinet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which yeah could have happened. But yeah, I know the Willis and Mister Drummond, and don't forget. And I don't think that song really. Ha- and they. That's another thing that they do. They don't always have one or two songs that were just joking around having fun mm-hmm. which i think was a really good thing because they wrote about pretty big topics and sometimes Third you don't want to hear about think that think tank wasn't bad oh i love that song it's almost like primus you it's, know the his voice uh kind of reminds me of like a les claypool yeah. the uh the walk around to the end where he's just doing yeah cuts of random whatever that was yeah. like two minutes later right a little irritating yeah right hey it's combat chuck why well and i love this song because it's on me well do you know about combat chuck i don't well rest as of last as of two weeks ago rest in peace combat chuck Aww. you son of a bitch you have hurt you have disgraced him with your ignorance no combat <laughs> chuck was this dude he have you heard of the, the it's a christian punk band Again, probably haven't stayed terribly devout by the sound of it, but Goaty Hook. No. Okay, they had an album called Banana Man, which is one of my favorite albums mm. of all time. It's so good. And Combat Chuck is dressed as the banana. Combat Chuck was this promoter guy who helped them put on shows, and I guess he was just the nicest guy on the planet. He later started like a publicity company that was quite successful, and he still went by Combat Chuck. I guess he was really legendary, especially in like Colorado. Um, which has a, a pretty solid uh, ska punk, you know, music scene. But he he died of cancer two weeks ago. Aww. You should look him up. He's an interesting guy. And uh, that whole song is about how cool uh, Combat Chuck is. That being said, it wasn't completely unnecessary to hear yeah. from him. I was say that's a, <laughs> like that's a great story, kid. I still don't need to hear it. Yeah. Sad point aside, his uh, right radio. His like right. radio bump cuts oh, for the yeah. album I are know. still. Oh, you mean the ones at the very end? Yeah. Oh, those are yeah. That's right. Why Be- is this here? Right. And then there's a secret track on Spotify that's literally yeah. just silence. God. It's like 18 seconds of pure silence. Yeah. Thank you for what? Well, they would do stuff like that too. Like they had a bonus track, and it was kind of like weird. You know, Weird Al on Off the Deep End at the end, he just <laughs> yells. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do that. It's a song called, the lyrics are, when I go out, I play in the street, I eat mashed potatoes, I get hit by cars. Mm-hmm. And he just yells this out. And it just scares the piss out of you when you hear it. I remember as a kid, like, falling asleep to it and then hear, when I go out, I play in the street, I get it. You know? So it was kind of funny in the context, but totally and thoroughly unnecessary. But right at the end, it's like Combat Chuck going, hi, I'm about Combat Chuck, and I love the song, it's about me. And fucks it up and then does it again. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll give you guys one more. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Nobody's asking. I am why. going. <laughs> I, I am on, on on our nostalgic thing. I'm going to put some pictures of Combat Chuck uh, because he had a cult following, and so that is pretty cool. I think. Um, well, what's uh, what is one song that definitely? Uh, and then we'll do the, the 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 poor bastard in the elevator. Poor kid. What is one other? I liked when you talk about because uh, I think I think you're good at it about production and recording techniques and how an album sounds. What's something else, since there's really nothing good to say about the album, what's something else that you would have said, hey, guys, do this? 
it was mine to master, yeah, trumpets down, yeah, like a lot, mm-hmm. vocals up, probably just a hair, yeah. Let's uh, let's reamp all these guitar parts on something that's not a right old crate or a line six, right? Whatever yes. it is, it's just let's try really hard to right. not make it. Even if it was recorded right. in a bedroom, it doesn't have to yeah. sound like that. Right. I agree. I would say this to them, and I do this. Uh, you know the band Toe the Wet Sprocket, totally mm-hmm. different band. Yep. They they re-recorded a lot of their older songs that just were very dated by you know the, the recording technology. And as a result, they made better versions. Mm-hmm. I would tell them, hey, you guys are older, more mature, and you're way better at recording now and have some money record the album again. You really should. A, I think a lot of people would buy it, including myself. B, the songs I do think are good. It, they just, and I still enjoy listening to it. Objectively, uh, I would th- find a person, I feel like someone who had never heard of them in their life and started with this album would stop listening after this album, <laughs> which is sad because I think they would like their latter work, which was really well done and legit. Discussions aside about things being too loud or not loud enough. Right. Sometimes the uh, it's a it's kind of a the slippery slope is a logical fallacy, right? But yeah. at the same time, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a reality because yeah, just because you can polish it now, yeah, yeah. doesn't mean you should. Doesn't mean you should. It will there's a you know there's a thirty percent chance right. that this won't work. That this won't work. The magic is gone. Like right. There's a reason Dave Grohl still records to two-inch tape in yeah. his garage yeah, and threw away an entire album that was produced on Pro Tools because he hated it <laughs> after spending, you know, oh, God. $2 million on Yeah. I think that was Echo, Silence, Patience, and Grace was the first one they did. The in first his, one. In his garage, because it was uh, the, one, the example he gives in, like, I think it's in the documentary mm-hmm. I watched was uh, The Pretender. Mm-hmm. And he's like, the first version cost a million dollars and sounded like shit. <laughs> the second version I caught on a four-track yeah. in my garage yeah. and sold 200,000 oh, copies God. in a week. <laughs> I you know, he's I haven't kept up with their catalog as much, but I, every time he speaks, I always find it interesting. Did you see that recent thing he did at... Uh, you know, the Westboro Baptist Church, <laughs> where he just started playing like super, like, uh, uh, Dave Grohl is the superhero America needs. He right is. Now. <laughs> it was simply, he plays disco music, like silly. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me, I love you guys, but you're all idiots. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was just so, and it wasn't even like, it went viral through like people's shitty phone cameras, yeah. which I, makes me like it more. Mm-hmm. It's just, Dave, the reality is Dave yeah. Grohl is the superhero that the world needs I, right now. I completely he agree. takes himself just seriously enough. Right, right. yeah. Yeah, you listen to him talk, he's a smart guy, uh, but you see the, his antics and yeah, shenanigans. Exactly. He's, it, he's more than happy to drag a fan on stage yeah. to actually play the song for you. Yeah. And yeah, it yeah. goes viral every single time. And every time. He's America's really cool uncle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he is. He's the uncle you actually talk to at parties. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And want to sit by at Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. He. Uh, and you know what? I know it seems like a weak parallel, but I think it's true. Reese Roper of Five Iron Frenzy has the same thing. He's obviously not as famous, but he knew when to be serious. Uh, he was always been very good at little antics that are actually mm-hmm. kind of thought provoking, but he can be goofy and ridiculous and thoughtless. And I love that. It's a trifecta that I mm-hmm. wish more artists had. That said, yeah, poor kid in poor ele- kid in the elevator. The poor kid in the elevator. He's like, don't hit me, sir, please. <laughs> okay, listen, kid. <laughs> this album sounds pretty terrible. <laughs> like it's bad. Yeah, but you need to hear it anyway because you need to understand that it a doesn't need to sound like this right and yeah. b sometimes it does right there's just there's yeah. no two ways around that and because uh-huh. i didn't connect with this on a personal level i'm yeah. going to tell you you need to hear it for a production lesson i there you go here i was gonna have say, this record yeah 
learn how to use uh, yeah. equalization. Do you, have, do you have any desire to write your own right. songs? If so, right. please do not put them out sounding like this. If right. You are yeah. Using trumpet. So you could tell the album at the end of the day is an album of good songs. Mm-hmm. It's right. Good songs transcend bad production. Right. Right. I mean, but good Robert, production helps. Yeah. <laughs> ask Robert Johnson, whose yeah. entire yeah. legend is predicated on yeah. 27 songs recorded on. Yeah. Edison phonograph right yeah and have that have never been mastered right they all and they were recorded in dirt floor studios with one microphone hanging in the middle of the room right in 1920 right yeah god you can't hear shit no you can't and yet somehow right there's this Mm -hmm. ethereal magic that right transcends the fact that you can't hear anything. Right, yeah, right. You know that this is important just by right. holding it in your hands yeah. and inviting right. it into you. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, and, and I, he, he was culturally important. Exactly. Uh, I would say Five Arm Frenzy was subculturally important, which it's is no less important. important. Right. Yeah, I, they, they seem to recognize a, uh, a setting that they... May have had some belief in, but knew was deeply troubled and tried their best while also uh, gaining some good musical uh, notoriety. They played at Warp Tour. They played at uh, Woodstock '99. Mm-hmm. No, they did not. They didn't really play that. But, but yeah, no, they they seem to be very respected by their secular peers, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, and they just needed. They just need to re-release this with a producer who knows what he's doing, aka not them. <laughs> <laughs> not your bedroom. That, not your bedroom. So next week, did you decide? I picked Third Eye Blind. Third Eye Blind. That leads us to next week's picks. I will be doing Blue Oyster Cult's Agents of Fortune. I love that album. Oh, damn. Ladies and gentlemen, 1976. So good. One of my one of my first albums on vinyl. I listen to that album all the time. So I'm I'm giving away everything that I'm not supposed to oh. give away. Well, Justin has officially ruined next week's <laughs> yeah, episode. That's right. <laughs> this, the the ET ET uh, ET ET is it called or ET? But yes, that's a great album. Yeah. I'm so happy. Extraterrestrial, Extraterrestrial intelligence. intelligence. Yeah. Let's. Uh, that said, you can now stop listening after we get done with Third Eye Blind next week. That's right. <laughs> we have revealed everything. About everything it. about it. That is our show. Thank please you. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. Wash your freaking hands. Yes, please do. Wear a mask don't, when asked. Don't be a tip dick. your server. Right. Hire your friendly <laughs> guitar repair man and builder. Exactly. And be good out there, everybody. Be good out there, everybody. Good night, everyone. Good night.